Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This guy is a machine. All he does is work out and pick winners. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on a 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an all-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Chicago Sports Betting Show. Touchdown, Ohio State. There are some folks who are celebrating and others who are saying, you've got to be kidding. You kind of know what I'm thinking about. Over or under? Under would be the key word. Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Saturday mornings on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. Huge news in the sports betting and intercom slash radio.com world involving yours truly. If you missed the big announcement on Wednesday, there is going to be a sports betting show named You Better You Bet beginning Monday, August 19th, just in time for the football season. Plan is for me to be on that show twice a week when the Cubs or Bulls uh, knock me off the evening show right here on The Score. You better you bet Monday through Friday, 5 to 9 p.m. I'll be working with Eli Hershkovich. You heard him on the show last week. My buddy Nick Costos, he's going to do it almost every single day. He's fantastic. Just a ball of energy. Known him over the last few years. Uh, Ken Barkley will be on it. He was on my evening show on Wednesday. Just a savant when it comes to college football. Danny Parkins, you know him. He's going to be doing Sunday mornings. So what you need to do is download the Radio.com app onto your phone and follow at RDC Sports on Twitter for all of the show updates. Just thrilled about this opportunity. And honestly, guys, I don't think it happens without early odds. Now, if you're wondering what happens with early odds, nothing. It stays right here every Saturday morning at 830. So we're going to roll this right into the football season. Now that that's out of the way. I think the saying is, if you give a man a pick, you help him bet for a day. But if you listen to an interview with Whale Capper, you can become a plus EV better for a lifetime. (laughs) He owns in on the NFL, NBA, and tennis out of Long Beach, California. All right, Whale, I'm confused how to start. We gave half of the introduction, but I saw earlier in the week it was out there. I saw a full name out there, and I just know know you as well. So... Are we going first name? Is that a fake name? Was that a one-time no, thing? What no. are we doing? It's that's my real name. So yeah, my my real name Drew Denzik. Uh, I do um, seismology and earthquake engineering as my day job, and then my free time I'm masquerading on Twitter as Whale Capper and uh, trying to create engaging uh, sports betting content uh, because I'm out there beating the drum for you know here's my process, here's what I'm learning, here's what I understand to kind of draw in 
you know, other folks who have learned lessons the hard way so that, you know, we can collaborate and network and things like that. And to this point, you know, the couple of years sharing that free information, it's helped me kind of develop a really strong network of, of folks who have similar interests. And, you know, I've, I've learned a lot faster by being able to talk to people who have kind of gone through the, the rigors of, of learning the hard way, so to speak. And, and so it's been a fun funny learning experience. And I think we're kind of reaping the rewards. These last couple of years have been pretty damn successful. So uh, I'm fired up. So Drew Dinsick, Dinsick, I said it right, correct? Yeah, you got it. All right, good. Whale Capper, at whale underscore capper on Twitter. I know social media gets a bad rap a lot of the time, and sometimes it's well-deserved. But you bring up a great point. The sports betting community is great. And I bring this up because Sure, with podcast form, there's a lot of people on Twitter and other forms of social media. But, you know, here on the radio, there are a lot of people that just aren't involved. And you can just create your own little community and you end up learning a lot. Yeah, I mean, there's no grad school for this, right? Like if you really care about this and you want to do this to make money and and do it and get better and, you know, make it more fun. Because, I mean, we'll be honest, like it's 10 times more fun to win than lose. So the best way to do that, the best way to learn, you know, the guys who have the real secrets, the the true edges, they're very, very tight with that sort of thing. Because the minute someone else finds out about it, then two people find out about it, then 10 people find out about it. And then the market absorbs it as a whole, and it's no longer an edge to bet. And so it's, it's a, there's a lot of really well-kept secrets in the, in the betting landscape, and you're not going to learn those unless you kind of build a network. And so that's kind of the name of the game of you know, using social media and, and Twitter in particular to kind of help put together a team. And you know, even beyond that, like just canvassing for news and information, sometimes, you know, a lot of times actually, in some sports like NBA especially, a lot of the handicap is information-based. Who's playing, who's, you know, in good form, who's sitting out any given night. Uh, and if you have kind of a network of folks who are kind of monitoring a bunch of information channels, you know, the likelihood that you're going to capture that information and beat the general public to market with it is, is greater. And so having kind of a, a network of people who you can kind of trust and, and talk things over with is, is a great way to improve in this in this space. As you know, big fan of your podcast, the Deep Dive Podcast. But one of your recent episodes on win totals with Suma, I think that was one of the best podcasts that you guys have ever done. And I'm not even a big win totals better. I just look at them. I mean, usually it's, it's a great talking point being on the radio. I mean, all, all summer long, we've been talking about the Bears at nine or nine and a half. And of course, everybody in town thinks the Bears should be over. We'll get to the Bears coming up. But you did some unreal homework. What did you uncover about NFL win totals? Oh, yeah. So this is something that actually, um, you know, last year, like the light bulb kind of went off and we were, you know, we were going combing through the historical data uh, and we realized that, man, there really are not a lot of examples of the market getting it exactly right. There's only a handful of teams any given year that land within about a half of win of the widely available win total. And that's may seem like you know like uh, oh yeah duh like there's you know no 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 kidding like you know bears last year great example they were expected to win what like six games and they win 12 that happens year in and year out where the market just completely whiffs and it's not accidental i mean we don't necessarily know how teams are going to improve or regress over the course of the season we don't know how who's going to incur the major injuries or who's you know what players what positional groups are going to take major steps forward Uh, and so while yes the closing lines 
on win totals for a given season have some predictive power. The uncertainty around how things end up is always a lot, a lot broader than what the price that they offer you to sell off of the you know certain numbers. And what I mean by that is if you walk to just any standard book and you say, okay, well, give me the Bears. I want the Bears. What's the Bears number? Maybe they're hanging just a single number with, with um, a price to bet over and a price to bet under. They'll increase the price on the over if they're taking a lot of overaction and vice versa until they get to the point where they're like, okay, well, we're, our price is so prohibitive now on the over, we got to move the whole thing a half a win up. Right. So now instead of nine, it's nine and a half or or whatever. And the interesting part of this is the way that those pricing models are set up and kind of the underlying like this is the uncertainty associated with these numbers is really, really different than what you see if you kind of break down historical data. Like effectively, they're saying, yeah, there's a 50 50 chance that, you know, we're only off by about a win. And then you look at last year's like full set of 32 teams in the NFL, and only four teams landed within a win of their closing line win total, which is just crazy. So four. The, you know, they, they're only four last year. And this is common. This is not just a weird year. Last year was a weird year. No, like year over year from the last four years, we kind of went into detail because we had some better kind of prices of some of the alternate win totals. And what we saw is that, man, you know, like there is really – no, there's no excuse for laying heavy duty juice on any given win total, right? Like, even, like no matter how much you think you like, what's a good example this year? No matter how much you think you like bills over, like it's not worth laying minus 180 to bet over six and a half. You are paying a, a premium that is way, 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 way beyond what that actual half win or so is worth. Like if you can go find a seven at you know a relatively standard juice, like you're you're you know over the long run you're gonna you're gonna have a much better um, you know much better return on your investment betting over seven at a better price than you are gonna be over six and a half at a at a price that's juiced to the nine. So you know that our our general kind of understanding was, wow, look at this. This is a huge inefficiency in the way they price these win totals. Do some. Um, due diligence and shopping around to try to find the best prices possible, sell where you have the opportunities to sell. Uh, and even beyond all that, like the general kind of optimistic nature of NFL fandom tends to inflate all of the numbers to the over. And you add up all of the win total possibilities across any given market, and you're going to find more than 256 wins, which uh-huh. we know is physically impossible. <laughs> yes. So, so right away, you know, your, your kind of general approach, if you're only going to pick a handful of win totals to get involved in because you want to keep your bankroll available for you to bet week in, week out, which is kind of my general thoughts and, gen, you know, and approach you know, overall, then you know, going in and being optimistic and betting with your heart on a couple teams that you love on the overs, is not going to necessarily do as well for you as just picking out the teams that uh, that, that you have uh, some feeling about the under. And you looked at last year's teams that just went way under their win totals, and it was like a direct correlation with teams that had injuries to their starting quarterbacks. Like the San Francisco 49ers were expected to win eight games last year. Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt in week three. They win four. So, you know, those, those kind of things happen year in and year out. And you obviously you can't predict quarterback injuries, but for sure there are some teams where if they do experience a drop-off at the quarterback position, then they're in deep trouble. 
Uh, and, um, you know, it might be worthwhile kind of keying in on those opportunities looking as you shop for unders. Injuries in the NFL, inflated numbers, all reasons I rarely bet over on win totals. Uh, so the conventional wisdom is with a 16-game schedule, okay, they're going to be pretty close. This is what Vegas thinks, even even though it's not really not Vegas, but that's a whole other story that we can just go on and on about. Well, uh, So the Bears, 6.5, getting 12 wins last year, not the outlier at all. Now at the Westgate this year, the Bears' win total is at 9. I've seen some 9.5s out there. Uh, for some reason, like Caesars uh, at one place, I know that just gets so much Bears money, but that's pretty typical in Sin City, especially with the Bears, Cubs, and Blackhawks. But what is your thinking going into the 2019 season on the Bears? So the Bears are a fascinating, fascinating team to break down for a couple of reasons. Part, part one is the entirety of the team, aside from quarterback Mitch Trubisky, is loaded with talent. It's a complete roster. They have effectively uh, stocked themselves at all the positions that you need to be competing in today's NFL. Uh, and you look at their coaching staff, and clearly Matt Nagy has carried uh, with him from the Andy Reid system kind of the keys to what makes a competitive offense in today's NFL. You know, there are a lot of reasons to be optimistic about uh, the team from an offensive perspective. And, you know, the defense is pretty much running it back. You're not really losing any key pieces. And, you know, people who will kind of point to their, their turnover, um, you know, their turnover, their takeaway margin last year was pretty impressive. But, you know, that's kind of just in the Bears' DNA. So I wouldn't necessarily expect a, you know, a huge regression there. Um, but they are going to be without their defensive coordinator, Vic Fangio, we don't really know what um, you know how these players will look in the Chuck Pagano system, and so there's kind of a broader uncertainty around the Bears than most teams because if Trubisky doesn't take a step forward, if he kind of runs it back and kind of gives us the same exact performance that we saw from him last year with no development, uh, then it's going to be extremely tough for the Bears to repeat in the in a very competitive NFC North. But on the other hand, if he takes even a small step forward or uh, you know, a medium step forward under the tutelage of a great offensive mind in Matt Nagy, then the Bears, you know, why not? Why not go for double-digit wins again? Why not be the class of the NFC North? Like, they have the most talented roster top to bottom. So it's, it's, a, it's a very um, kind of boom or bust sort of potential with the Bears this year. Like, I, I don't see like uh, them as the type of team that kind of comes in around 8-8, eight 9-7 eight, and, and a lot of, you know, a lot of outcomes. They're, they're much more you know, in the nature of Trubisky takes, takes a step forward, they get double-digit wins pretty comfortably, uh, or he kind of repeats or, you know, backslides a little bit, and then the Bears are kind of on the outside of the playoffs looking in. That's, that's mostly how I see this team uh, heading into this uh, this. 2019 campaign and i've mentioned the regression and health too we have to bring up they were a very healthy team a year ago and i've talked about the turnovers i don't think there's any yeah. way they repeat that but once you start breaking it down really and, and you start looking at the individual parts like uh, you mentioned taking steps like trubisky that is number one but there are also guys like roquan smith he's going to take a huge leap this year yeah great point the young players on this team you know they don't have to wildly overperform expectations. They just kind of have to follow normal 
player progression of improving and developing, and this team's going to be as good, if not better. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. Do you have a favorite win total, over or under? Man, the favorite under earlier in the season was definitely the Texans. Um, it's been bet down pretty substantially, though, so you're going to have to shop around to still kind of get that number. But I would go as low as under seven on the Texans, which you can currently get at some of the uh, some of the shops out there in the plus one sixty range, well, plus one sixty five range. I think that uh, the Texans, you know, have an absolute recipe for disaster brewing here with their offensive line that has. So many holes, bringing a guy like Matt Khalil in a tackle. I really worry about Deshaun Watson's well-being <laughs> this year and so much of his. Why don't the Texans? The deep pass. <laughs> no, I agree. That That's a good look. Okay, Houston, uh, you'd go as low as under seven. For uh, listeners that haven't heard you on the show before, this is Early Odds. Joe Ostrowski with you, Sports Radio 670, The Score with Whale Capper. You're an analytics guy. We've discussed modeling in the past. If you want to check out that podcast, check out the May 18th episode. Last year I had you on, we were talking some NFL, and you also believe in spots, and I'm a staunch supporter of that as well. And you have this comprehensive chart on Twitter. So explain when it comes to the NFL why you believe in playing spots. Okay, so um, it's a complicated question because – because in general, uh, these are not well kept secrets. The market, you know, they will play into these spots as you know, in the same way that we're talking about it right now. Basically, you know, when a line moves and it's not based on injury, you know, you, the market is telling you, okay, well, we're colder on this team than the opening number, and the opening number is largely based on. Um, you know, some kind of a power number, some kind of a general average understanding of how a team is performing at that time. Maybe there's an adjustment for a team coming off of a bye. Maybe there's an adjustment for a team that's on their, you know, second or third straight road game or coming off of a road stretch. But the adjustments that they make are pretty small. And then the market gets involved and they say, oh, no, this team is going to underperform on this Sunday because of this factor. Right. And maybe, you know, kind of the most common and obvious one you hear a lot of people talk about is West Coast team flying to the East Coast playing at 10 in the morning. Right. Like that's that's a clear and obvious bad spot for that team to be getting up at 10 in the morning and playing in, you know, a, a high intensity football game. Uh, and if, you know, if you live on the West Coast like I do and you've flown to the East Coast in your life, you know, it's not great feeling getting up super early and getting, you know, trying to get into your routine. And, and in general, there's a little bit of an underperformance signal as you kind of, you know, look back through the years at, at teams in those spots. And so, you know, the market will kind of account for that. They will adjust. They'll back the team that's at home uh, against the, you know, the road West Coast team. And, you know, you'll get some line movement. If you know that that's coming and you can be prepared to kind of capture those line moves as the market weighs in on some of these situational factors, then you can be, you know, ahead of these moves and, and add, put that value in your pocket before the game even starts. And really in the NFL, that's kind of the key to success is just, getting as many plus uh, you know, advantage plays as possible earlier in the market cycle uh, and having, you know, having a play that uh, you paid, you know, odds of minus 110 for. And then by the time it gets to Sunday morning, the odds would be minus 135 or minus 150. You know, that that's where you want to be, where you're capturing that value on your bets in the NFL. And so the situational spots in general, there, you need to know about them because, number one, it's possible that the lines makers have built it into the opener as it is, like a buy 
for example. And so you want to make sure you're also accounting for it so that if you're using some sort of analytical model, you're not just putting power numbers together and saying, oh, this team is two points of value this week. And, oh, by the way, you forgot to count on the fact that their opponent is coming off of their bye, right? And so they're rested and, and your team that you're seeing value on is not, right? So you want to at least be adjusting it on the front end so that you can, you know, you cannot get caught backing teams that have been already been accounted for spots. And then even beyond that, if certain uh, factors take hold and, and the market kind of agrees that this is a spot where a team is going to overperform or underperform, you know, you want to know about it ahead of time so you can get an early number uh, before the line moves, you know, in the, in that direction. And so really that's kind of the game by game way to apply the situational, you know, schedule in the, in the matrix. Beyond that, even though, I'm kind of just looking for hot and cold portions of the season for any given team so that you can kind of be prepared to plan on market entry into the futures market, division, Super Bowl, you name it. You want to kind of see a portion of the schedule where it gets real soft. They have... You know, four or five weeks in a row where it looks like they will have the advantage. They, you know, a game that might be a coin flip would tip in their advantage because they happen to have more rest. A game that would be, you know, that they would be expected to lose. Well, now maybe they're going to be competitive because their opponent is in a very difficult travel spot. Like those sort of parts of the season, you want to be prepared to to get involved in futures. And I'll use the Colts as an example. Yes. I'm way, way high on the Colts. Like, I love this team. Love the coach, quarterback, GM. Like, they have the absolute tripod of success in place there to do great things. Their schedule coming out of the gate, though, is darn hard. They got two road games back-to-back in L.A. and Tennessee. Then they got to host the Atlanta Falcons on that, you know, fast turf. And then they get the Chiefs week five on the road, which is going to be, you know, it's a potentially a revenge spot for them. And we can kind of debate if there are quote unquote revenge spots in the NFL. But whatever the case is, they lost in the playoffs to the Chiefs last year. They got to go on the road and play them again week five. So they have a tough first five weeks of the season heading into their bye. And it's entirely possible that they may underperform a little bit over that stretch. You look at their schedule, though, coming out of the bye, and it is glorious. They have five weeks in a row, four home games that they should be clear, you know, touchdown favorites, one road game where they get a little extra rest before they play the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like they have a nice five game stretch there where they can kind of get their season on track, get a little momentum, run through the middle of that schedule. Some world where maybe you miss the best price on the on the Colts to win the uh, the AFC South, for instance. You know, there's a potential opportunity when they get into their bye week six that they may present value and you can scoop them at that time, recognizing that the next five weeks they could put together a nice little five game win streak. And that's kind of the strategy that you should be thinking about as you get involved in a futures market. Scheduling vital in the NFL and the Colts are a pretty good example last year too because they had that rough start they were one in four one in five they almost caught the texans and if you're betting andy read off the buy guys you're not ahead of the market okay <laughs> just calm down a little bit drew didn't say although yeah if, if you like that spot you should bet it now in the in the game of the year market his name whale capper drew dinsick and make sure you're following him on twitter especially if you're into the nfl nba or tennis at whale underscore capper well thank you so much i'll be bugging you again this football season thank you again for having me on and uh best of luck to you congratulations on all your new endeavors uh and uh keep up the great success my man whale referring to the radio.com sports venture which launches monday august 19th 
It will include a sports betting show weeknights 5 to 9, which I will be a part of. You might want to go back to the podcast version and listen to the portion about win totals if you plan on betting into that market before the NFL season gets going. The Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski podcast available just about everywhere, including 670thescore.com. Inside the Clubhouse is next with Bruce Levine and David Schuster right here on The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.